You're listening to a BGE podcast. Welcome back. Hope everyone's had a wonderful week and has been able to be productive and doing everything that you've got to get done. And uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's kind of been okay for us this week, uh, kind of up and down. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Definitely have been busy, which has been a good thing. I've gotten Several other things going on besides, of course, the the podcast uh, here for the Blind Grilling Experience. But uh, one of the things that I just posted on a YouTube channel is uh, I hosted a two-part study. Uh, and and, and uh, this gets into my other work. As mo- many people know, I am a preacher with a local church of Christ here in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, one of the the men did a class on keys to understanding the book of Revelation. And so I had him actually come over and we recorded a two-part series, which we posted on a uh, a YouTube channel that I host called Bible Preaching with Chris Peltz. And so if, if you're interested in checking out some of the uh, classes and live streams and preaching that I do uh, and, uh, along those lines, you can go to Gospel Preaching with Chris Peltz, and uh, hopefully it'll pop up. Uh, But uh, I just posted last night, in fact, uh, part one of Keys to Understanding Revelation. And so uh, part two will be next week, and uh, hopefully folks will find it uh, helpful as well as interesting. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, sometimes that kind of stuff takes a little bit of time and uh, definitely have been working on that uh, as, you know, along with some other projects that I have uh, kind of in the works and going on. So uh, with all of that said, of course, I have uh, continue to get uh, several emails and texts and things from uh, several listeners of the podcast. And I just so much appreciate it. you guys are so encouraging. Uh, that's been awesome. I was supposed to do some recording with a couple of guys this past week, but uh, first illness hit me, and I had to cancel on Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night I was supposed to record with someone else altogether, and uh, that they weren't feeling all that great, so uh, just wasn't able to get uh, any recording with some others done. 
uh, throughout the week that I was hoping to do, but uh, it, it's been rescheduled, so we'll get to all of that as time goes on. Um, but one of the things, there, there was a question that came in uh, from Tony about using a router and any suggestions, recommendations that I might have on the use of a uh, of a router. And man, I tell you what, I, I really struggle with this one because uh, while it is one of the most used tools in my shop, I, I, I would be hard pressed to think of a project uh, that I do that doesn't that I haven't used a router on. Um, and so I don't know. Um, the, the problem that I had, there's, there's a couple of things because the router is the, the one tool that I've had my closest call and, and an injury with, <laughs> you know, um, you know, the, the miter saw has sent some wood flying, uh, but there was an instance on a router table where a piece of wood, a workpiece, got spun and thrown and brought my fingers right across the bit and put a huge slice into one of my fingers. And so um, that, that's been a while. It's been a little over a year ago since that happened, but... I never forgot it. I know exactly what I did wrong, and I have done my absolute best to make sure that never happens again. Although I will say there's been a few close calls still with the router table. Um, and as soon as something happens, I realize why and what the deal is. Um, and much like with the miter saw, the smaller the workpiece the more dangerous it gets. And so um, the, the, the problem that I run into in trying to explain the, the use of a router is I've, because I started off using a hand router, you know, where I holding the router in my hand and, and doing some, some things in that, that was really tricky for someone who's blind or visually impaired. So when I was able to get a router table, set up and do all my work pieces at the router table. It, it things went smoother. Um, it, it's much more comfortable uh, as far as the work and knowing where you're cutting and how you're cutting, because you can adjust a table, you can adjust the, uh, the router bid as far as the depth, the high, everything. You can make so many more adjustments and then get set up to run the workpiece through, you know, the, the, on the router table that the, the consistency and the quality for what I do is uh, just unmatched. I mean, I, I mean, I, I couldn't, and what I mean by that is I could not do that with a, uh, a router in my hand uh, and trying to manipulate the router itself. Um, now, with that said, that's not always a possibility, okay? Because sometimes you've, you're working on a project where you're on site or you've got 
you know, like a, a large slab that you've gotten installed or down and, and you need to go around the perimeter and work on your edges and make your profile. And so in that instance, you know, the, the, uh, you can't take that to a router table and do that or the workpiece is so big that you couldn't manage it on a router table. And in those instances, you're going to have to use a, uh, you know, a, a handheld router, whether it is a battery powered, right? A cordless or one that plugs in, um, I, you know, and that I'm, I'm kind of tore on that really for depending on the wood that you're working with, if you're working with hardwoods and, and you have a lot that you need to do, I do recommend a plug in router over a cordless one, but the cordless can get it done. They, you know, you just have to take it a lot slower. You have to use a smaller bits and, um, but you know, for, I don't know, it's just been a really hard one, but here's the, here's the keys though. And this took me a while to figure out. I had to watch a lot of YouTube videos and, and I sent a lot of work pieces flying when I was using a handheld router. Because you have to go a certain direction because your bit is spinning a certain direction. So if you're holding a router in your hand where the bit is facing down and uh, the, the top of the router, the non-business end, is kind of facing you, so you're looking down towards the top of the router and the bit you know, is facing the ground, that bit is going to turn clockwise. And so what you want to do when you're running that router along your workpiece is you want um, that workpiece to be to the left of the bit and you pushing away from you. So you're going to actually be going counterclockwise on the workpiece. And so that's going to be the safest and most effective way for you. Now, there, you know, people can talk about some, uh, uh, oh, you know, some instances, you know, exceptions to that rule. And I get that. I understand where some of that is coming from. But for someone without vision uh, or low vision at, at best, I would just recommend, you know, expecting a little extra work if if you're going to have to go, um, you know, across the grain uh, or, you know, or do something that might cause a little bit of tear out. You might have a little bit more sanding, which means take shallower passes and then you can clean it up with your uh, with your sander. And so that that would be my recommendation on that. But understanding the direction you need to go is, first of all, you know, key. Because if you put your router, you know, it's you turn it on and you go to put it on a workpiece and you're not holding on tight and you try to go in a clockwise manner, uh, either it's going to try and shoot that piece of wood out or that router itself is going to try and run away from you. And and it that's where, you know, disasters can happen. That's where people get hurt. Um, and you need to really pay attention and, you know, feel how that router is working on that piece of wood. And so 
understand that when you're holding a router and you have it in your hand and you're you know, going to be putting it down uh, and running it along a workpiece, you want to go in a counterclockwise motion. So um, the workpiece will be to the left of the bit as you push it away from you. So uh, that would be how it, uh, I would, you know, um, kind of uh, get yourself situated, you know, to work in that instance and in that you know, in that manner. Now, with that said, um, if you think about it, when on a router table, a router table, because the router's turned upside down, the bit's facing up, and so it's spinning in a counterclockwise direction, so you go the other way. And so it can be really confusing. And so on a router table, if the router is in the table and the bit is coming up through the hole in the router table, you're going to send your workpiece from the right to the left. That, that's what you're going to do uh, in those instances. Because, again, you're trying to, um, you know, go into the, uh, the bit and let it cut and not let it just pull and throw the piece of wood away from you. So, um, you know, let that wood work into that bit in that direction. But I think m the questions that are really being asked really have to do more with, you know, a, a handheld router. So you're holding the router and you're going to try and, and probably do a profile along the edge, whether it's a chamfer, whether it's a round over, you know, uh, whatever that may be. Um, you know, with that, I would say have a stationary or a solid, um, uh, you know, um, grip and handle and, and base for your router. They have plunge bases and plunge bases are pretty cool. I mean, they, there's a lot of things you can do with them. I think those are more, it, it's a little bit more difficult to work with if you're blind or visually impaired, because you, you know, you, you're not going to get to us. You can't see when you get to a certain point to then kind of plunge a little bit deeper or come a little shallower. Although if you have to make several passes on a piece of wood and you're going to take shallow uh, a shallow pass and then go a little deeper and then go a little deeper. That's where a plunge base can really come in handy because you can actually lock, uh, you know, different uh, points on that plunge base to where you get it set. And, uh, you know, you go say a quarter inch, but say you need to go a half inch to three quarters of an inch you know, with that plunge base, you can have it set where uh, with a turn of a knob or a little click, you know, it it goes down, you know, that, that quarter of an inch and you can get that plunge base set up to where it, it makes doing a shallow pass and a little deeper pass and then a slightly deeper pass much easier than trying to always have a fixed base and then make the slight adjustments that you want to make and, and have it as precise uh, and so, um, you know, understanding how plunge base works so you can make those shallow passes and then go a little deeper, you know, that works. Just understand that, you know, you, you don't plan on using it to as you're going along to then kind of press down and go deeper and then, you know, let off that pressure to come up shallower. Um, you know, for someone who's blind or visually impaired, that's just going to be a, 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 a huge <laughs> 
<laughs> task to, to try and get right. But for consistency, consistent cuts, using a plunge base that you can lock and set those depths and, the, and have the adjustments on uh, on that plunge base so that you can make a, a shallow pass, um, turn your adjustment, and make another pass, um, you know, to get that depth dialed in, you're, you're, it's awesome. It, those, that, that works really well. Uh, and so that, that would be something I would say, look into, uh, to see if you can, you know, if you've got a plunge base or just a solid base and, you know, how you can adjust your depth and, and understand, especially, you know, get a, get a, a, uh, a throwaway piece, right? Get a test piece and, and get it set up in a, in the similar fashion that you want to, uh, you know, ha- use or how you want to use your workpiece and run that router along that test piece, um, and get comfortable with that. Uh, you know, the next thing would be guides and, <clears throat> you know, a- again, I, I struggle. I mean, honestly, I would, I will try and do anything I can not to use a router, handheld router, but occasionally that it comes up and you have to. And, and there are certain guides that, that usually come with routers that work okay. They usually have a little bit of a gap uh, in the middle of them so that you can slide that guide, uh, that edge guide uh, to where, you know, the, the router bit that you're using can kind of go, you know, halfway to it. So, uh, maybe you don't, uh, you know, maybe you're just running along the edge of something and, and just a little bit of that bit, you know, needs to you know shave off a little bit. So, uh, that those edge guides work well until you get to the end of your workpiece, because then what happens is it kind of dips or turns in because you lose that pressure from that guide um, at the end of your workpiece, you know, right where that router bit is coming to the end. And, you know, sometimes you, that router can turn a little bit and mess up the very corner of your workpiece. They do have aftermarket, uh, aftermarket guides and fences that you can uh, install that can close. And so it takes care of that. But that's one thing you got to watch for, uh, certainly. Uh, and another option, it would be with router bits, you know, choosing not only the router bit that you want, the profile that you want, but getting one that has a bearing, you know, because that bearing will also you know, will work as a guide as well in the sense that uh, that bearing will keep that bit from going into the wood, you know, from the edge towards the center and ruining your workpiece. So if you're working, let's say, on a countertop, uh, you know, and you're running along the edge, if you have a bit that has a bearing on the uh, on the bottom, and and that would allow that roundover to you know catch the top corner, top edge rather of the of the you know of that workpiece, that countertop, and that bearing would ride right along the bottom uh, of that of that workpiece along the edge and, you know, not allow your router to slide up or get into uh, the workpiece and ruin the edge of your workpiece. So, so that's a couple things that I, I've thought about 
and and I know can work. Uh, but again, I strongly recommend getting a test piece and 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 trying that. And understand the direction that you need to go. You know, if you're looking at a counter uh, and you're getting ready to, you know, use a handheld router, you want to start at the left-hand side and work your way towards the right. Um, you know, with the uh, so when the uh, you know when you're standing there at the router holding the router either the router is kind of between you and the workpiece or if you you know step to the left a little bit though the your workpiece is to the left of the router bit as you go down uh, towards the right hand side of that uh, of the edge of that counter so uh, that's the direction you need to go uh, because if you try to go the other way you know that bit's going to catch that wood and it's going to try and pull uh, you know, that router down the edge and, and, and you lose stability. The thing about going counterclockwise when you're pushing that bit is it's kind of pushing against you. And so you're forcing it the direction you want it to go. And it actually gives you more control of that router itself. Whereas if you try to, um, you know, go the other way, what's going to happen is that that router is trying to pull away from you and you're having to not only fight keeping it level, but hold it back and run that direct, the direction it's trying to pull in and it, and you lose some stability uh, in trying to work with that router and it makes it a lot more difficult. Now, there are some times when that may be necessary, uh, depending on the orientation of the workpiece that you're working with or the direction of the grain, if you can see that and uh, you want to be careful with that or maybe going around a corner. Uh, but if if nothing else, uh, do all that you can, even with shallow passes, to go counterclockwise around your workpiece. Uh, and if you know you're going to have a side or a corner where you're going to have to go uh, the opposite direction. First of all, go uh, do the counterclockwise, just do it a little bit more shallow. And then when you have to go the other direction, and, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, um, uh, the th there's a name for going that way, and I, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, and so... Um, uh, not st uh, stepping or... Um, Hmm. Well, um, but if you if you have to go clockwise direction, you have to go right to left uh, instead of going left to right uh, on a handheld router. Um, first of all, do your left to right. Just do it a little bit more shallow, and that way, when you have to go the opposite direction, you're doing it in such a shallow pass that you have less of a chance of of messing up, or at least if something does happen and it gets away from you a little bit. Um, there's not as much fixing that needs to be done, and you could probably handle it with a sander. So I hope that helps and gives you something to think about. Uh, again, um, yeah, you got to keep in mind, I am still new at this, you know, so I can kind of walk through my experiences and what what has happened and how I've done things uh, with you. But, um, you know, I definitely recommend checking out some other guys, um, you know, uh, 
there, there's a couple of guys that do an amazing job really explaining all of this. Um, and, and I don't think they intend to do anything with the thought that, oh, blind or visually impaired people are watching. They just do a really good job of explaining things. Stumpy Nubs is one of those. Uh, he just... He just does an amazing job, at, and, and and I get his explanations. I, I really understand what he says and how he explains it, and I, I just really think he does a good job. And so, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for some explanations on how something works or how to do something, how something is laid out, uh, for the most part, Stumpy Nubs uh, on YouTube does an amazing job in his explanations of things. And, um, so that, that's one that I would definitely, definitely recommend you check out and work with, uh, you know, when you're trying to figure out some of these things, um, there are some others that do okay jobs, you know, Jonathan Katz Moses does an okay job, uh, not always the best, but, um, you know, he, he's phenomenal with his channel and, and what he does, but as far as explaining things for someone who's blind, um, Sometimes I can get it and sometimes I don't. Sometimes he's, he's not always, uh, you know, the best of uh, of kind of explaining those types of things. Uh, the Wood Whisperer, though, he does a really good job. So the Wood Whisperer and, um, and Stumpy Nose would be my probably the two that I, I look for, um, you know, when I'm trying to find something, somebody to explain it to me in a way that I can kind of, grasp in my own mind, um, you know, the way they explain, it, I think is pretty good. So, uh, so if you, you need more explanation on it, you might check out that for resources, uh, on the YouTube and, and see if that, you know, find something helpful there as well. And there are others that you can watch certainly that do some pretty good explanations, but th those two, uh, the wood whisper and stumpy nubs are probably the two that I get the most out of. Uh, so anyway, uh, with all of that said, um, I don't know if you guys have any projects that you guys are working on, things that you guys have going on. I know, um, you know, Tony had mentioned when asking his question, they're working on building an outdoor kitchen. That is just so awesome. Um, you know, I've got an outdoor kitchen, but it's not, uh, it's not, I didn't build it. Um, we built the deck, my, you know, but I, not... Um, the counters and stuff that are out there, they're all, uh, aluminum, um, you know, lightweight kind of stuff that, uh, you know, that are enclosed and door, you know, I mean, there's pretty, it's, it's nice stuff, but nothing that I built. And of course I got all that before I was even into woodworking. So again, keeping in mind that, you know, it's been less than two years that I've been in woodworking at all. So all of this is new. I'm still learning. And so if, if there's some guys out there, maybe they're listening that use routers quite a bit, especially handheld routers, and you've got some recommendations, uh, shoot me an email. I'll pass them along, you know, to folks who are, are asking, and I'm sure they would appreciate it uh, as well as myself, because again, this is a learning process for me and I'm just kind of bringing you guys along on my journey as I go about this. So, um, you know, uh, you know, again, if there's any questions, you know, I use, again, plug-in routers, Bosch. Uh, I know DeWalt makes some pretty good ones, but Bosch is pretty much what I've got. Um, and as far as, you know, cordless, I've got my Makita, which is pretty small. And really, for, for the stuff that I do, I need, a, I need a bigger, stronger router. So I'm using 
uh, using the Bosch router uh, with you know in the table for the most part. Um, I do have a setup with a jig for uh, for dovetails, which requires a a uh, you know a, a, you hold it, the handheld router, uh, but you know uh, it also has a bushing guide that you know that kind of follows the uh, you know going in and out uh, along making those dovetails with a dovetail bit. And that works pretty well. It's a little difficult to set up, and and I think I've messed something up on my dovetail jig, and so I need to get it reset up. But I'm need, I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to get some help with that. Uh, but uh, you know, if you've got a jig to kind of help you do something, or you got some bushings that kind of follow a pattern, you know, that is very helpful when it comes to using a router. But I would say to start with small, shallow passes, and then you know, work your way up as far as all of that goes. All right, folks, man, I really do, again, appreciate everybody who tunes in to the Blind Grilling Experience. Remember, Mondays, we're talking cooking, we're talking grilling and accessibility options and issues. And Friday, right here on the Cut Straight Weekend Workers Shop Edition. Remember, keep them fingers safe and cut straight.